pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome to One Life Left live from GDC. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Anne Scantlebury. And Simon Byron is absent again, but we have Jen Frank in the co-presenter's chair. Hello. Hello, Jen. Uh, did you have a good night last night? Do you know, um, as GDC goes on, I'm just going to become progressively sultry. Like, <laughs> sultrier and sultrier. Well, luckily that's good for radio. Thank you. We're also joined by two wonderful special guests for our first show from the show floor. Uh, we're joined by Michael Pachter. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being so patient while we wrestled with our technical problems. And we're also joined by Margaret Robertson. Hello. And they will be giving us insights into uh, what they're doing at the show. Just generally chatting about the ambiance. Um, Jen. Yes. As our first guest co-host, can you try opening the questions uh, with something incisive? Go. (laughs) My goodness. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Margaret, yes. what do you do and why are you here? Uh, I make all kinds of games, um, but right now I'm making especially tiny games. Uh, and that is why I'm here, is to infect GDC with as many tiny games as possible. So, What is a tiny game? tiny game started life as uh, a kind of one-sentence site-specific game that we... Uh, dotted literally dotted all over london during the olympics so when the olympics were on in every borough in london london has 33 boroughs there were three unique tiny games that just got people playing with the world around them with the uh, fountain they could see or a decoration on a building or a bus going past or sticks they could find in the park um and people really loved them and we really loved them but they only worked if you found that one spot in the world and so what we wanted to do was find some ways to make it so everybody could play a tiny game wherever they were, whoever they were with, whatever they wanted. So we've just launched an app on Kickstarter called Tiny Games, funnily enough. Cleverly titled. Uh, which should give you... You tell it what you're up to, where you are, who you're with, what mood you're in. It gives you the perfect game for that moment. How much would you like me to, to sponsor you? We're trying to raise uh, £25,000 and we would like you to give... All of it. No, nineteen thousand six hundred and eighty-two pounds, okay. and then and then I can I can go I'll back do, to bed. I'll do some combination of those numbers. I Thank you, Michael. Same question to you. I I, I really have no explanation for why I'm here. Uh, other Us neither. Than, other than uh, I enjoy seeing people that I know that I don't get very many opportunities you know, to do. Uh, it's. I probably I don't even know how many thousands of people are here. Uh, I'm certain that I know at least a thousand of them, and probably two thirds of those people I won't see again until GDC next year. So it's just a wonderful opportunity. I literally just like walking down the street or sitting in the bar at the W or the St. Regis and, and seeing friends. So I I come and I manage to fill my schedule completely with meetings, but. There's no practical reason for me to be here. It's a it's a social event for you as much as a very much so. And again, it, you know, all, 
it's socializing with people that I that I believe I have a business reason to, to know and talk to. So ultimately, it helps me in my job. And, and what is that business reason? Well, I'm a stock market analyst, so my job is to uh, advise institutions, so mutual funds and hedge funds, uh, on making investments in 20 stocks that I know very well. And among those 20 are the video game companies. So it's helpful for me to understand the industry, where it's going, uh, who's creating great content, and what the next big thing is. And so it's the place for that. If we have $20 on us right now, where would you suggest we invest? Fortunately, that would allow you to buy one share of, Atl- of uh, Electronic Arts or one share of Activision. It better be a good share. Or then. one share of Take-Two. All three, I think, will do well this year. Um, unfortunately, it won't allow you to buy one share of GameStop because they traded a higher value. Mm. And I think they're also going to do well. But we're, we're on the verge of a console cycle. Maybe we could go in for a share together, Michael. You can pool your resources. I think if you have $20, you should probably pledge it to Tiny Games on Kickstarter. We will, we will have that quote on our website within seconds. <laughs> I mean, we I, think did. You'd, I think you'd actually drive more self-worth from contributing to something that's in, interesting like that than you would from investing it in a stock. Does um, something like Kickstarter change your work at all? How has that changed what you do? It hasn't. I mean, Kickstarter, Kickstarter is a mechanism for, I guess, developers who otherwise don't have access to funding mm-hmm. um, to, to get things made. And it's, I think what's fascinating is the press is all about Tim Schafer and Brian Fargo, but you know those guys would not have trouble raising capital. I think that you're going to get innovative games. And, and if you think of all the really fun, innovative games you've seen in the past uh, several years, Limbo or Braid, those were not expensive games to make. They could have been funded on Kickstarter. I think Kickstarter is going to encourage hundreds of developers who have the same type of skills as the, as the Limbo team and the Braid team to make games that are that fun and, and that great. Probably not quite as good as Journey. That's a pretty high-budget game. But, but these small games are great. And and doesn't change my work at all. It changes our lives because it makes our lives richer because we have access to better content. I, that's great for all of us. Margaret, is this your first adventure on Kickstarter? It is our, our first foray. How were you influenced by other people's Kickstarter projects, watching them succeed or otherwise? We've done our best to steal all of their good ideas pretty systematically. I mean, I think it's for us, it's, it's partly about access to funding, but it's partly about access to feedback that this process of putting it out there, finding out whether or not people like it, and then finding out which bits they like most and being able to respond to that in real time really helps us feel that we will be building the right thing. Because otherwise, you you know, even with the more open development cycles we have now, you're building in secret for six months and then crossing your fingers. And mm. this, is a, this is a much healthier way to do it. And some people seem to be using it as a revenue stream, other people using it as a way of building support amongst the community that they're not sure whether it exists or not, just feeling your way there. I mean, 25000 is that what you're looking yeah. for? Is a relatively modest amount in well, Kickstarter terms. But I think also Kickstarter is really interesting because I think you thrive best there by being really honest. Mm. If you're trying to profiteer, people will sniff that out mm. almost immediately. So, so we didn't pick a number and then aim at it. We looked at what we needed to do and the money that we needed to spend, and then we reflected that out to the audience. We just, we, this is what it will cost for us to do it. We really want to do it. If you can help us get there, then we can all have more tiny games. But I, I think I think that's the only smart approach. Really. I mean, we mentioned this on the show yesterday, but we did try Kickstarter last year for One Life Left, but we sort of misunderstood how Kickstarter works and just asked Kickstarter for money, and they gave us a dollar. <laughs> Could that buy us any more shares? No, no I don't think so. <laughs> Oh it's very funny. Let's see, Margaret, what are you looking forward to? I'm, this is going to sound like a plug, and it, and it isn't, because it, it's the advice I give every year. My favourite session every year is the Experimental Gameplay Workshop. Um, it's this amazingly energetic session with 15 of the craziest new game ideas you've ever heard. Um, I always come away from it super inspired. We are running a, a little... Um, digital physical world game so a connect and a projector and no screen and some blocks and moving around it should be pretty fun but forget that just come for, come for everything else it's, it's always the best session of the event
You're listening to One Life Left live at GDC 2013, second part of our show. In the background, you can hear Proof of Concept by Years My Eye. We're still joined by Margaret, but we have a new guest, Porpentine. Hi, how's it Hi, going? Hi, how are you doing? Are you having a nice GDC? Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. Do you want to explain to our listeners who you are? Um, well, let's see. I have a weekly feature on Rock, Paper, Shotgun. I mean, I talk a lot about indie games. I curated free indie games. Uh, I'm an indie game uh, developer, uh, writer, journalist, curator. Which of those things is your favorite? Um, all of the... I don't know. They all inform each other. Like, I mean, they all... I mean, I don't know. Like, curating for free indie games is useful to also be a game developer because you know how it's like to have your games covered terribly and you can kind of, like, avoid doing it. Mm-hmm. And what and, brings you to GDC this year? Uh, I did a talk this year. I did free indie games curating the DIY revolution. Okay. And I'm just here to support my friends as well and do a few other talks as well. So what was the... What was the can you sum up the talk? Do a micro-talk version of the talk. Okay. Uh, so the talk was showcasing, like, a lot of great indie games that had been overlooked. And um, uh, we, we drilled a little deeper because, I mean, I think a lot of people have heard of things like maybe Dysphoria or Unmanned, which bled out into even, like, the non-gaming press. We just drilled really deep and, like, talked about our favorite underrated games and what they did that was so interesting. And we also talked about the need for, like, making games for people outside of, um, like capitalism and making money and that kind of thing okay if you could recommend a couple of those games to our listeners right now what would they be um i'd say limb by merit Kopas. it's a really great game with just a simple mechanic um it's about uh being a trans woman or anyone navigating a liminal space you're just like a cube trying to get through a level but um you've kind of got a problem there's this impossible compromise where you will be attacked by other cubes if uh, you don't blend in but if you try to blend in like the screen just like you slow down and you start shaking it's just like it's meant to simulate the tension of going through a crowded area and being like a hated minority but it accomplishes that without being didactic without being like a reskinned existing uh, thing it's not like an RP it's not like a shooter game where you shoot like homophobia with a bullet and kill it forever right mm-hmm. um, instead it just communicates it on a very physical level and I think that's the beauty of it Interesting. You see, you definitely see games as a progressive medium, then. Uh, definitely, definitely. I Good. see everything as progressive. Uh, progressive Good, me medium. too. Is that why you're here? That is why I'm because here. Because if they weren't, what would be the point? We just lie down. Yeah. Like, go to sleep. I mean, I think a lot of GDC is very much focused on um, optimal games for for money, and uh, I'm me and my friends are here more for games uh, as art. As I mean, not that making money off games is intrinsically bad it's just when you only have that goal in mind then you're going to make games that are a bit safer i feel interesting i mean i curate thousands and thousands of games uh at least two or three a day that were made um without money not charging any money uh i'm really happy that more tools are being given to people so that they can in their spare time make interesting games uh people are making very worthwhile games and i play games that cost money i play games that are free and i'd like people to have the option to have both taken seriously. But at some point, there's good, there has to be uh, money in the equation somewhere because you need something to actually play it on, don't you? Let me answer that. You don't if it's a tiny game. I think... I mean, I think I, I, I completely agree with a lot of that, that I think, um, depending on what you're trying to do, depending on who you're trying to connect to, sometimes that needs money behind it, sometimes it doesn't. And, and I think um, it's a it's a shame to get too hung up on on what that kind of exact relationship with funding is I think you're right though that it's interesting that there are there are hidden um, kind of exclusionary elements to a, to a whole bunch of things it's lovely to be able to develop games for smartphones so we can get them everywhere except that's only everywhere if you've got a smartphone it's interesting you know we've moved from doing games in public spaces that are just on the pavement where which everybody can access but only if in they're, they're in that one place to games where you can get them everywhere in the world, but only if you have an expensive device. And so it's interesting trying to balance out access against the investment that you have to make to get those games out there. Um, so you're also saying that you are here to support your friends. Is that an important part of GDC, do you think? Support, friendship, hugging? Um, it is for out. me. I can't speak for other people, but I mean, because we're indies and we a lot of our games are released for free, I mean... Some of us uh, charge for our games, but a lot of us, I mean, even the people who do charge for their games, like Terry Kavanaugh and Michael Brogue, they also release a lot of free games that anyone can play. I mean, all my games 
have been free so far and can be played by anyone with a browser. Uh, so I'll say that much. But yeah, hugging is also really important. Well, If people are not already hugging, I'd say they should start. Yeah. We talked a lot about hugs uh, on the yeah. show last night with Manvir. Oh, good. Uh, he was explaining how there are different types of hugs. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, hug he is, is a pro hugger. Yeah. That is true. If I may editorialize just a little bit, though, uh -huh. um, you and Terry have a fantastic blog together. Um, and in a sense, that's really what you're doing every day, several times a day, is um, bringing a lot of exposure um, to these games that are really necessary and that people need to play as a curator. Well, thank you. Yes, um, if I may. Yeah. Uh, of course. Great. Yeah. I think you could have turned that into a question just by raising your voice at the end. Of it. <laughs> me? As a curator? <laughs> are you really a curator at all? Could uh, anyone be said to be? Another thing we talked about on the show last night was a list of tasks that uh, Simon Byron has given us to complete well, by the end right. of the week. And so maybe you guys can help us out with those. Uh -huh. uh, we have five tasks, six tasks? Five, five tasks. Five tasks. The last of which is get invited back next year. However, if we complete all, other, uh, all of the other four tasks, mm. we will not get invited back. So it's a bit of a... Uh... Tell, us, tell us of the tasks and see if we can help you. Well, okay, so briefly running down. Uh, so we need to break an embargo, push something over, collect some people's hair you, you and can, apply for a job. You can push me over. Excellent. I don't know if it counts if we're given permission. No, I don't think it does, damn it. You have to, uh, like, go around and illegally push people over. Yes. Mm. Wow. Uh, you, have push, you have to push something over. Yeah, that's hair, and so and, and no permission on the hair from. No, we can, we have to have. I think I think you have to have permission you, when you're going to take someone's feel, hair. No, no, no. What no, you, no, you, no, need, no. you need no. you need you need to steal backwards. you need to steal a really really nasty hairbrush from somebody's bag and do that thing. However, you could honestly have some of my hair if you wanted. I've got a lot of it. I mean, well, that's that that could come in useful because what we were thinking is I I think there is something. And this was presumably Simon Byron's intention when he gave us this task. There's something slightly seedy about getting someone's hair. However, if we turned it into a more sort of constructive things, for example, we were constructing a DNA database of yes. good, you know, good game designers. Yes. In the future, technology doesn't exist right now, but in the future it will, and we will have access then to a resource of... It's just like the movie Forever Young starring Mel Gibson. I know. It's all picking up a bit. We've rotated out two guests and brought in two new ones. We have Lee Alexander, not exactly new. She was on last year's, uh, last night's show. And Chris Remo, who's back again since, uh, it's been a year, hasn't it, since we saw you last? It certainly has. Uh, how's the year been to you? It's been quite good, actually. I got a new job since then. Really? What's your new job? I am working at Double Fine. I've been there about a year. Oh, we love Double Fine. Wait a second, so that happened too. just after you met us last time? Yeah, well, I, 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 had already, I think I'd already accepted the job at that point, but I didn't start until afterwards, so I wasn't uh, talking about it, I guess. Interesting, interesting. Well, I mean, last year we did break into the Double Fine offices, so I'm not saying that we <laughs> pushed any paperwork sure, around, sure. but, But things you know, happen. Yeah. Things do happen, and so you are welcome. In that well, case, you very Chris, much. Uh, one of the tasks we've been asked to try and achieve this week at GDC yeah. is to get a job. Ah, so collectively as a group. Well, to to be 
to be interviewed for a job. Yeah, we definitely okay. just want to be interviewed. Honestly, I think getting the job is a bit ambitious because sure. we have to pass the interview. And we have no skills. Is one of your is one of your requirements that all of you must be present for the job interview? Is it? I don't think is so. Is it an all or nothing? I think just one of us would work. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I, if it, do, do you know any jobs going? And if you hear of any, can you send them this way? Oh, I definitely will. Brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, sorry. So, what are you up to uh, at GDC? What are you doing? Um, I'm actually kind of in and out at GDC because our office is, is really only about three blocks away. Uh, and I, I was out at PAX East, so I've been away from the office for about a week. So I've been kind of manically uh, splitting my time between uh, Double Fine and here. And after this, I'll probably head back right back there. So, so you're non-stop all yeah, this week? Yeah, right. Well, there's non-stop all this week plus all last week for PAX. So on Saturday... I'm basically going to take a muscle relaxant and just be out for 48 hours. What, what, is, really, your, really what is your new job or your old, one-year-old job yeah. at Double Fine? Um, so I do all of our web design and development. Um, I'm a writer. I, um, I co-wrote The Cave with Ron Gilbert, and uh, I, uh, I'm a composer as well. Okay, so you do everything, then. All of the fun. I do, I do some things. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for an assistant, I know that Steve certainly has some excellent administrative skills. Oh, Yeah. Would you? Uh, why would you consider me for this position? Well, wait, is this reverse engineering? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I sadly don't think I'm high enough in the totem pole to. Um, okay, so to, maybe to be given an, a, an assistant. But if I did, uh, I think you'd be a wonderful one. This is how uh, adventure games work, isn't it? So you've been, you've, we've now found that we have to get you higher on a totem pole. <laughs> right? Who's got this a totem is probably pole? Probably going to involve some kind of like mask. Or like a banana a or a mop, <laughs> maybe. I don't... Probably have to combine things that you wouldn't have ordinarily yeah, considered. Yeah. How's your day going, Lee? Oh, I'm uh, really, really busy. I, uh, I watched a very intense uh, tech demo of Kojima Productions Fox Engine this morning. Fox Engine? That was Fox going on engine. right next to the talk that I was in. Really? And it just demolished our, the sound. It was so loud. Oh. Is that what it was? Was it the one that was pounding the whole time? Um, it didn't really pound. I mean, they okay. spent a, a good, like, 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning of the presentation uh, showing the trailer from, I guess, Metal Gear 5, which okay. is combining both snippets they've been teasing so far. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was very interesting. Um, I'm very busy. I'm giving a talk myself at 3.30, so... Oh, can you give us a brief summary of your talk? Yes, I will be on the One Reason to Be panel addressing issues for women in the uh, game industry with my friend Maddie Bryce and with uh, Brenda Romero and Robin Huneke and a number of amazing women. That was an awesome crew. Uh, do you, what do you expect the takeaway from that to be? Because everyone's talking about it at the minute, right? Yeah, I think probably the takeaway will be that uh, I'm losing my voice and I curse a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't actually know. I mean, it's, it's probably too complicated to discuss briefly uh, my feelings about the ways that we're expressing ourselves in the industry right now. Um, but hopefully, I hope people come motivated and engaged and uh, in search of solutions to uh, help make our industry more diverse and inclusive. Do you think that's uh, happening across the board, not just for women? Uh, yes, actually. I mean, I, definitely, I think as we're doing feminism, it's obviously a thing that benefits everybody. It's not just women's issues. It's everybody feeling respected and included as people. And uh, it's not only good for the industry to have a healthier culture, but it results in better games, too, because people are really generally only capable of speaking from their own experience. So if your team is very homogenous, you're going to continue to make sort of the same kind of thing for yourself and your friends so more people in games will mean better games i believe so that seems to me like that's a case for Anne getting hired yeah i think it is (laughs) i i don't know are you hiring yet anything Uh, changed in the last two minutes my my totem pole (sighs) rising rate is still pretty (laughs) i forgot about that yeah i know sorry jen what are you up to what's what's what why are you giggling? All I'm doing is making eyes at Lee while she's, gaz- she's gazing at me. We're gazing. Uh, uh, okay, I know you're new to this. Eyes don't work on the radio. I know, I know. Even those, the eyes of those intensity. If you, if you could see these crazy eyes, my wild eyes, two deep pools. M- makes it difficult to continue speaking with you looking at me like that. <laughs> um, guys, do you have any session recommendations, things you're looking forward to over the next while and a half? There's micro talks tomorrow. I'm, I'm giving a, one of Richard LaMartian's micro talks. I'm also giving along with a lot of people that I really like. So that's right. Shamelessly what, plugging. What my is own your talks. micro talk about? I am discussing um, 
games marketing and how we would like them to evangelize games uh, in a more informed way. Right now, I think marketing doesn't know a lot about what games are and who they're for. So we continue to see a lot of repetition um, of you know, some of the same culture problems that we have that I don't think the industry wants or the audience wants. And, and marketing is sort of behind on, on participating with the maturation of the industry. So that's the message. Yeah. Can we have some of your hair? Uh, yes, of course. We'll get right on that. <laughs> One Life Left versus Garma Sutra, broadcasting live from GDC. That's Clam and Dancing Sunbeams. Like all of our music, it's taken from chiptunes.org. You should go there and you should listen because there's good stuff there. I think it's going okay, Anne. I think we're doing well, Steve. Slightly fraught beginning. Yeah, considering everything that's gone on, it's going very well. And we are joined by another guest, our neighbours. Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm John Gibson, the founder and a partner at IM8 Bits. Uh, and we are your neighbours. Neighbors by like a couple hundred feet, a hundred feet, fifty feet. I'm terrible at measurement. You're right there. Yeah, and you guys use a different system of measurement than we do in America. So I'd say you are about a a furlong away. What's a furlong? I don't know. Um, What are you doing here? Uh, we, uh, as I am a bit, do lots of crazy, weird installationy type stuff for GDC every year. This is our third year here. Uh, first year we did this thing called painting with pixels, where mm-hmm. every attendee got a, a one by one inch pixel with Velcro on the back, and a twenty foot wall through the course of five days was filled up, paint by number style. Uh, last year we did a giant magnet poetry uh, situation where uh, everyone got to invent terrible game concepts, and then we had artists illustrating the key art for them, like Amazing. on the fly. And this year uh, we are doing what we're calling uh, the class of GDC photo playset. Where we have a yeah, you do seem to be taking a lot of pictures. So, Anne, There's I'd like you to uh, use the medium of radio to paint a picture for our listeners right now. Well, uh, I don't know. See, the thing is, in England, uh, were laser backdrops in the 80s and early 90s something of school photo Did legend? You? Well, we don't even have really school photos like well, you we do. Really, well, you call we them have... portraits, which is much fancier. <laughs> we don't yeah. even have school We just have there. oil paintings done every yeah. uh, important <laughs> moment in the child's development. Um, no, you, I mean, you're doing kind of prom pick type things, aren't you? It's uh, not so much prom, more like a senior photo, if you will. Okay. Um, the idea being class of GDC, uh, we wanted everyone to feel like the same peer group here. So we have 22,000 plus attendees. Mm-hmm. So why not bring them all together and let them have a little fun? So not the usual photos. So we have, we have two hair and makeup women uh, who are amazing, amazing artists in their own right. Uh, we have a complete... Uh, arsenal of wardrobe and accessories uh, called from the 80s in a, in a really magical sense. Uh, really amazing stuff. And we have an awesome photographer and we have a laser backdrop. You have a uh, laser backdrop. Yeah. So very elegantly, uh, we, are, we are taking really beautiful snapshots of very attractive GDC attendees. Uh, what about the less fake, attractive ones? Well, then we put fake wigs on them. And Excellent. I know we're putting wigs and makeup on everybody. <laughs> uh, I mean, it goes to all extremes, too. We're doing like a Ziggy Stardust situation for the really brave folks, like full face makeup. Uh, wow. For the less it's inspired folk, uh, you know, you get to wear a cool shirt. So what are you going to do with these pictures? Or are they just for your own personal use? Um, <laughs> it's all blackmail material. <laughs> We are posting them on the IM8 Bit Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash IM8 Bit Productions, or we're posting them on the Flickr accounts uh, for GDC, official GDC. 
if you will. So this is just a very nice thing to do for people, taking yeah. a lovely picture of them and putting it on the internet. We presume that uh, as of today, uh, a lot of the photos would have gone viral. That was our pitch in at least. And they have. Like There's, there's a lot of uh, Facebook profile pics that have been replaced. Uh, and today was the onslaught. This is when everyone is here. Monday, Tuesday, a little, little slower, more of a swell today. Uh, but we had a super group over there. We had Cliff Blazinski. No. We had Gary Witta. We had Tom Russo. Oh, my God. We had many, many, many amazing people in one fell swoop just happened. So uh, Tim Schaefer said he's stopping by later today. That's brilliant. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of cool luminaries mixed in with, with everybody else in GDC. Do you it's, think it's one big club, you know? Do you think the video games take themselves too seriously? Uh, some, some do. Mm-hmm. Others, others don't. Because uh, I have to say... That that's, a, that's a loaded question. That was a terrible answer. I apologize. Your little area does stand out as being the most brightly coloured and sl- eccentric looking area in the whole of GDC well, so it, far. It's very invasive if you think about it because it is, since this is radio, I'll paint more of a picture. We are in the North Hall uh, right above registration. So you go get your badge and then you come down a very, very, very long escalator. Probably, what, 200 steps and you get to admire, for that long period of time as you're riding the escalator, what the hell this thing is over there with a bunch of old clothes and people crimping their hair. And, and that's just our radio up. station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're right opposite the escalator right now. And we can see people just slowly descending into our arms. Yeah. Do you, are you seeing them coming down and going... Oh, you'd look amazing in a wig. I'm going to get a wig on you. We've seen people look, and when they reach the end of the escalator and, and step with their second foot off, go in the completely opposite direction. Maybe they it's, just have somewhere else to be. Yeah, yeah they're late for a workshop. So will you be uh, making us up later? Uh, I hope so. I hope so too. I hope you go all out. I don't even know if you have hair underneath that hat. No, not Nobody much. does. We can give you hair, though. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing. Well, we will uh, we will sort that out uh, later in the week. Life Left versus Gama Sutra, although there's no Gama Sutra representative yeah, right now. Yeah, they've been brought down, Steve, already. Oh, Didn't dear. take long. Uh, One Life Left versus Gama Sutra live at GDC 2013. I am 8-bit, are off, uh, painting people's faces right now. Well, they're actually just going to have their lunch. Well, thanks for ruining the illusion. There no. they are, sat squatting on the floor, <laughs> eating some cold pizza. <laughs> they're our friends, Anne. They're okay. our friends. Well, they'll create some magic later, I'm sure. But we've got a new guest, Michael Bro. Hello. Hello, Michael. You're going to have to speak a little bit closer to the mic so that people can... Hello. That's perfect. Yes. Explain to our listeners who you are and what you're doing here. I make video games. Good start. What sort of video games? All of them. You make all of the video games. You're well, a look, very important person I can't to be here. We've got you on Whoa. the show. The person responsible for everything, good and bad. Most, mostly good. Mostly good. Yeah. But seriously, I have, I have a few failures. Okay. Tell, tell me, tell me what your best video game is and your worst one. Uh, my best best video game is called Glitch Tank. Okay. Worst one? Oh, there are quite a few bad ones, to be honest. Oh, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Tell, tell our listeners, then, uh, what you do in Glitch Tank. You press buttons and make things explode. Okay. That, that is a good thing to do in a game. Jen, Jen, stop looking at your phone. I'm Googling him right now. Okay. Is this LinkedIn yours or is it somebody else's? Um, I there's don't a, know. There's a footballer I, with your name. No, I'm not, I'm not a footballer. Well, 
I notice um, you're a supreme mysterious guru game develop, uh, designer. Yes. It says there on yes. the... It also says on your badge that you're a speaker. Oop. Yes, I can speak. But are you speaking in a room at any point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about games. Uh, what Specifically, what talk are you in? What will you be saying? <laughs> can you give us a brief synopsis? Um, it's the experimental gameplay session on Friday. I'm talking about all the two-player games. So, all of the two-player games. All of them. You have a very broad <laughs> knowledge base. Not any three-player games? No, it's just it's One quite, player quite games focused. in there? Oh, there are other people doing... It's, it's a rapid-fire thing, lots of people doing different things. Okay. I'm, I'm just talking about all the two-player games. What's so special about two-player games? Oh, they, they're kind of intimate in a way. That it's you and another person, especially ones that you play in person rather than online. Mm-hmm. You're, you're sitting across from each other, you look, look at each other and you interact and... Almost like we're doing now. Wait a second. <laughs> One of the things we did last year uh, at GDC was uh, we collaboratively, with all of our guests, we designed a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made a, a, a video game about burying people. Oh, yes, we did. Cool. I mean, we didn't actually make it because we haven't got any skills. But we came up with the idea of making a video game that was all of the people that are killed in first-person shooters, your job is to bury all of those corpses. Now, don't, don't you think this would work better as a physical game? You could actually go down to the beach, get some spades, dig a hole and bury people? That would be sinister. And so, also, that's a bit, a job. You, you, could, you could take people and bury them only like... A little bit. Yeah, just they, they little. Leave, they leave their heads sticking out so they can breathe, and that could be quite yeah, fun. Slight, slightly bury them a little bit. That's a good idea. That. But anyway, you know what? We've got very short attention span, so we've moved past that idea. We need a new idea, a new game for this year, the GDC, maybe. And what's a theme so far has been hugs. Hugs have been a now, massive... Now, hugs are nice. Hugging yeah. seems to me to be the perfect two-player game. Yeah. How well, it's, it's, it's good as a two-player game, but you can actually expand to any number of players. No. It's bad as a, as a one-player game, really. But you seem, to be a, you seem to be our two-player specialist, so maybe you could, uh, you could give us a few hints on where to begin our How game design gamify. for our hugging gamify game. Hugging. One Hug Left, it's called. <laughs> Very good, Steve. Did you just think of that? Yes. That was wonderful. Thank you. So where should we start? How does one make a game about hugging? Hmm. Do you think that we should maybe go out and start hugging people just to do some research? That would probably be a good idea, yeah. I mean, um, it, no, but in your actual games, how, do, you, do you research various things? Do you go out into the world and you, are you inspired by the world around you, your experiences? I, I come into it with an idea from the world, but then I don't really research i just like try things out and see what works so yeah if just like two of you get together and start hugging each other and you just see that try, feels try, appropriate that that doesn't that, that try, try different kinds of hugs and a little bit too intimate yeah. that one and then maybe like once you understand various details of different kinds of hugs you'd add a scoring system here or we go. Oh, here we go condition or whatever how do you score a hug i don't know length tightness duration um my good metrics those are great yeah. i like it Emotion, but Emotion obviously there are different good. there are different hugs that are appropriate for different situations. So it wouldn't have to be a a, a purely qualitative scale, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you applied the wrong hug in the wrong place, you would get an awkward score. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Control device. What is a good tablet game? I appreciate that you were um, talking about games that people play two or more players. Um, in, in in one physical space mm-hmm. as opposed to online. What what would be a great iPad or tablet game? What would you recommend I play with um, a friend that I wanted to get to know better? Ah, Fingal, absolutely. Okay. Yep. What's that? Um, it's a game by some Dutch guys called uh, Game Oven Studios, I think. Okay. Um, basically, I can show you, in fact. Oh, please explain it to the listeners as well. Yes. They want to be You'll involved. Have to do both. Absolutely, but having so it out as a visual guide will help me to. That's a good game. For it. Which one? Hexagon. Hexagon. Yeah, I, I really like the voices in it. Oh, hmm. um, they're so so. So uh, explain what Michael's doing. Basically, right you now. have these yellow and white um, squares on the screen, and you've, one player puts their fingers into one, and then the other player puts their finger into the other one. Yeah, go for it. Well, no, I like that you're doing it um, all on your own, so, too. So, Jen, paint a picture of what you're doing, how you're I'm interacting. I'm dragging a, some sort of block into some sort of... Oh, and I've got to keep my finger there. Out. Yeah. I see. 
So, so I'm hoping Michael accomplish. It's so, asked me if I, I'm warmed up. Yeah. And now, you, uh, now I've got more to. So now the squares ah. are moving, and you both have to be having putting your square in the moving square at the same time until For, the screen explodes. Right. Yeah. Oh and my! Oh, that's terrible. So you've got to use your whole hand now. Yeah, and then. I see. So maybe if we have a, a variety of hugs on screen that we have to do? Well, I was, I was about to say something about the control device. Like, we have to work out what format this is. Is yeah. it a physical game? Could it be a move game, maybe? I like Could the it... idea of some sort of twister. What about Hug a game? Twister. What about a game where the control device is your phone and when you hold the phone in the right place, it vibrates okay. as you're hugging? And the idea is to get both of the phones vibrating on each of oh, your backs. Oh, so you are... Could you be in, mm. di- in different areas? Like... I... I'm sorry, I keep making faces at Steve because I think that's fantastic. I, I think you've, you've got something. Yeah, we'll show it at Wired Next Fest. Do they still do those? Let's say yes. Yes. Okay. One hug left. If you wanted to get more elaborate, you could get like a DDR dance mat and like wrap it around you, mm. and there'd be I different always spots. Wrap that around me. Yeah, I, I think. I think we would, we would something like that, a, a mesh vest that is the equivalent of a DDR uh, that can tell you whether, pressure at yes, different, yeah. di- the right pressure. Mm. We're getting somewhere, guys. I like this. You've pressure been a, in different locations around the body. You've yes. been an enormous help. I'm surrounded by genius. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Wait, that happened the wrong way around. <laughs> Live at GDC, still alive at GDC. Still alive, still live alive. and alive. And something's just happened. What's just happened, something, Steve? Something momentous has just happened. A man has approached us. This is incredible because that never happens. Usually, GDC is about us approaching men. I'm, I'm sorry about that. It's actually. okay. Um, it's nice to meet you. Who are you? Uh, I am a gamer. Uh, my name is Justin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make video games. I animate video games. I like video games. I'm, I'm currently working at Telltale Games. Uh, previously, I was working at Backbone Entertainment. Uh, I was there for close to nine years, so that's that's that, right? I don't. I don't want to, you know, get drawn into the trivialities of this. What's the most important thing about you? That I'm that I'm awesome. And why are you awesome? Because why did you approach us? Because One Life Left is, is, is awesome as well, and I was just drawn to it like magnets. We well, found an actual well listener. An actual listener. Yes, you've got there a hand. One out there. The one listener. You're the hit we get every week on our downloads. That's One listener left. One there listener. you go. Yeah. You're, you're an animator, right? Yes. Okay. I make stuff move. Well, that's interesting, because we've just decided to start work on a new game. We have, yeah. Oh, we've, been, right. we've been developing it today. Really? In the last few minutes. Nice. What is it but, called? But we have thought it through over okay. those few minutes. One Hug Left. It's called One Hug Left. One Hug Left. It's an intimate game, two-player game, a cooperative game. Nice. nice. Can you animate it? Um, Are you good at hugs? I think so. Subtleties think in so. hugs, different types of hugs. I've what done, would be the challenges of animating a hug? I don't know. A lot of uh, you know collision depends on uh, mm. what kind of uh, you know dynamic you know effects you have going on with the cloth. Maybe simulate. I don't know. I that's suppose how. that's the thing about hug. A hug is 
hug is a simple action, right? It's, it's a very, very simple tactile. action. But if you do but it wrong. Exactly. It's about the subtleties in a hug yeah. that can make the difference between a good hug and a bad hug. If it's too long of a hug, then <gasps> that's cross over that line. I think animation is going to be key to this. You did know. not even think about that. But then I could, just, I could just scale the whole thing. You're two, hired. Like a two Wait a hug. second. Scaling. Wait a second. Wait, we're we supposed would... to be getting jobs, You're not hiring, hiring people. people. Oh, God. Again with another excellent guest. Hello, guest. Hello. Hello. Could you please introduce yourself? I am Zoe Quinn. I'm an independent game developer, and I just released a game called The Prussian Quest. That sounds delightful. Um, <laughs> what, what what do you do in that game? Um, Depression Quest is actually kind of a serious and uh, not fun game, which it, it's a bit offbeat in that in that way. But it was basically designed as an empathy simulator um, to help people who don't understand depression sort of step into the shoes of someone with it and uh, see what things are like and um, what they can and can't do and that depression isn't simply having a bad day or being in a bad mood and it's uh, it's also there for people who suffer from depression to understand that they're not alone and hopefully like if we did our job and it seems like we did give them a tool to help express what they're feeling to other people. That's excellent. Um, on our other shows that we do back in London uh, we've been talking about uh, playing different games on different themes and we did uh, one week talking about love turned out that ended up being a lot about depression and suicide and <laughs> which seems you know natural um, but we played uh, other games that sort of explored similar issues and it's a really really interesting way because because you are playing it you there is a lot what of empathy was the game there. we played some uh, sunlight actual sunlight actual yeah actual sunlight, sunlight. yeah it, it's funny we uh, our games came out very close together okay so it's, it's oh, sort sorry of, it's, <laughs> no no it's, no it's absolutely great because uh, his game takes a very different approach to it than we do and it's cool to see that represented more because a lot of times when depression is played in the uh, portrayed in the media it's not very accurate mm-hmm. and it's kind of damaging because um, the, the stigma and the misunderstanding is so bad that that more people would actually, there is a huge study on this, would rather tell their employer that they had committed a misdemeanor and served time in jail than mention that they've had treatment for any psychiatric That's conditions. Incredible. I mean, these yeah. shows that we, we were doing, they were video game book clubs. So we would choose oh, nice. a group of games themed around a, um, a theme or a word, an emotion, actually, we did this season. And then a panel of people, some of whom had played a lot of video games, some of whom were video game journalists, and others who had never played video games before mm-hmm. would play them and then we'd talk about them. Um, we found that the shows that went really, really well were those that dealt with more complex emotions and emotions that aren't necessarily thought of as a video game thing. Uh, was it interesting to make a game based around depression? Um, interesting is definitely a word for it. It was, it was a bit hard to make, and there were several points where it almost didn't get made or finished, uh, just because it's, it was really hard for us to sort of be able to... Um, open ourselves up in a medium that is traditionally not entirely welcoming of things more complex than jump on platforms or mm-hmm. shoot men's. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit, it, it's, it's interesting too because the reaction has been very varied. Um, when we put it on green light and, and in front of traditional gamers it cut a lot worse and people were like oh why would you ever play a game about this? Why would you make a game about this? Games are not supposed to be this or that and I, I really hope to see that attitude change and understand that games can do more than just be entertainment well I mean well, with, a, with a book you would read a book that was sad you don't always read happy books with films you don't always watch happy films so. oh, I do yeah exactly oh, well, okay Steve <laughs> Zoe only, I must run in really weird circles though because my impression was that it was uniformly and universally well received and it really affected 
a lot of people. Mm. Um, I, I found that... Um, <laughs> what is that? Who's that buzzing? is a phone. <laughs> Where is that Just coming? ignore it. Pretend it's not happening. Oh, my. I'm, I'm so sorry. You can hear it on the, on the microphone. I'm so sorry. That was... Someone's calling me. <laughs> Imagine. Um, but, yeah, it, it was initially. And it's, it was a very um, marked point. It, like, we have had nothing but amazing press and lots of feedback from people who played it, nice. saying it really affected them. And then the second it went on green light, that's when all of this started happening, which is very bizarre. Because um, everywhere else, even places known for having bad internet communities like Reddit and 4chan, like, even if they didn't get it, they weren't as quite aggressively hostile as the Steam Greenlight community, and it, which wow. is weird. Um, so it's been, it's been kind of a weird uh, launch to watch, because, like, for the first month, nothing but great press. Lots of really emotional letters from players, like, telling us they went back on medication because of the game. There is a player who, back, who was suicidal before playing it and then started talking to his therapist again after playing it. Stuff like that. And then suddenly, this isn't a game. What? This doesn't belong anywhere near anything. I'm insulted that you would make you this. You literally saved lives. <laughs> And then green light was, nah, yeah. nah I played better. <laughs> it's so God. weird. It's so weird. Well. <laughs> Why do you think that uh, that specific group of people reacted like that? I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I, I don't know what it is about the, the green light format that encourages people to be like this. I think part of it is, like, I can tell a lot of people aren't reading anything. They just see the name, and that's, that's it. Um, so a lot of the comments will be stuff that's not even applicable to anything if you had spent five seconds reading the description. So I don't know if it's the, the format where there's just tons of games and a lot of people just want to rate them all and get through them and be like, hi, oh, I, I did this. Um, that's causing part of that. But it, it's bizarre, and I'm not entirely sure why it's happening. Um, but yeah, it's a weird format, I guess. We were talking actually last night about the idea of making a game that is a sad experience, a game that you know you don't actually enjoy in a way that is traditional to video games. We all, all played um, Actual Sunlight. None of us have gone back to it, having played through uh, the experience once, because I don't want to feel like that again. And it, no, it is, I don't want to feel like that again, but I f- I, I'm glad I, I did. really appreciated it when I was playing it, but it's not something, I, I guess the point is that you're trying to help people out of something or mm. explain something that you want to help people out of or or get an understanding of what people go through which but you don't necess- you don't want people to stay there so i guess getting people playing the game more frequently than once or twice is is that a challenge um it's not really something we're looking to do i mean mm. as long as it got the point across that is the entire goal of the game it's why it, we took a free-to-play model that's truly free-to-play, in, as in you can just pay nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, we wanted to get as much visibility and try to raise enough awareness about this as possible, and even having something like a fee up front, even though we worked really hard on it, and uh, it, it's worth uh, money in that sense, like, there's value to it, um, even putting that up would sort of defeat the point. Um, and our, we only have, like, I, I have pretty good metrics on it. We've had about 200,000 unique players, um, 15% of which have played multiple times. And I think through a lot of our uh, feedback from players, it's usually somebody who has depression going out to someone else who's like, you don't understand this, or it's like a loved one, and saying, this is how I feel. Um, so we've seen a lot of that in the feedback. So um, that kind of repeat, repeat play is fantastic, but we're not really looking for like a bunch of hits or a bunch of metrics. We're just trying to get a message out there. So we are also, uh, today we started developing our own game, Cool. Which maybe could go alongside yours. So maybe you play your game. And so our game is called One Hug Left. It's about hugging. That's awesome. Um, so maybe, you know, people play your we game. We should point out that we don't have any skills. We don't, we don't have we any skills. We can't do anything. We've just got this idea. Someone will make it. They won't. I mean, can you do anything? Um, I think you guys should check out this fantastic new piece of software called Twine. Um, it, you don't need to know anything about coding. You can pretty much teach it to yourself in about half an hour. Mm-hmm. It's just basic logic. And if you can, if you can like write and then add some stuff in brackets, you can probably make a Twine game really, really simply. It's, okay. it's done a lot to lower the barrier, uh, how, barrier to entry. How can we monetize it? <laughs> uh, that, that part I'm not... Can we just ask people to give us money? Throw in a tip jar link or something. 
Excellent. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, okay, we're going to sub you out now. Oh, okay. Like rotating uh, policy here, One Life Left. It's no oh. reflection on you. No, You've been it's excellent. totally okay. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And Chris, if you could grab the mic, that would be fabulous. <coughs> Chris. Hi, how's can, it going? Uh, I'm having a fabulous time. I've had a little bit of a, a stressful time getting this going, but now we're rolling just in time to shut down the show, which excellent. we're going to do after we've talked what? to you. <laughs> So, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, I'm Chris Dolan, and I'm the writer on Clay Entertainment's Mark of the Ninja. Very good. Um, what are you doing at GDC? Hanging out. Yeah, so we were hanging out last night. Yes. We had a lovely, lovely time. We did some karaoke. Then you were going to go home. We didn't let that happen. No. Of course. We rarely let that happen. Uh, you came out, you had a date with Simon Parkin. Yeah, and I don't think I should kiss and tell, but... But you did kiss. Ah. I just the less said the better. I'm actually trying to forget it right now. Tell us, uh, tell us about the challenges of being a, a writer on a video game. It's it's sort of like the opposite of, you know, like you think of like composers who can be like, all right, now I want the trumpet player to stand up. Now you sit down. You know, like every little, I want this much glissando. They have so much control over everything. And then you think of like playwrights and screenwriters as they go down the chain, they have less and less control of what mm-hmm. actually happens. Uh, being a video game writer is like being the little voice in the corner that says, hey, maybe we should maybe we should have a reason for killing those people. And that's not the case on Mark the Ninja because it was a small team and they're awesome people. But it's always, it's tricky. You And I just went to like two days of talks about this, of trying to figure out how you can bring what you know about narrative to a team, but work with a team that also is telling the story and knows how stories should be told, how to kind of find that balance and how to how to work with this medium that's changing with every game. Um, it's really interesting and, and fun and challenging, but it's also a lot of just learning how to be valuable on a team. What's the best talk um, at the Narrative Summit so far? Matthew, oh, um, you, oh, well, one of my favorites, Noah Falstein, who was with LucasArts Games, he, I think he was employee number seven, um, had this talk about flowcharts, how to break down your story into flowcharts of the challenges and how they link to each other. And they were really good flowcharts. And I know that sounds like really nor- like nerdy or boring or abstract, but you know that's part of it, right? You have to break it down to pieces. And, and I was just like, oh, I want flowcharts like these. He had like the Wizard of Oz with branching and stuff, and it was really wonderful. That is amazing. Well, because Zoe was just telling us to um, <clears throat> to twine our hugging game, mm-hmm. and twine can become absolutely impossible, incredibly cumbersome. Because it is a, a narrative flowchart mm-hmm. is what is what you mm-hmm. produce, um, right? And so you've got all these uh, branches diverging, and I um, found myself creating a highly highly intricate um, flowchart for whether you had opened a refrigerator more than once I because could, the yeah. contents were changing, and it was it, it was becoming insane, and I could not <laughs> keep track of where in a storyline my refrigerator was <laughs> would you be interested in uh, in writing maybe a, a narrative around a hugging experience just speculatively I'm not mm. saying you know necessarily we Are would you be busy? asking you to am I busy I could help with that okay. I, I had an idea actually I, I heard you guys talking about it earlier okay. here's my idea for your game do it as a playground game, right? So you don't have to That's code illegal. or write anything. We're not allowed to do that. <laughs> not allowed to go on a playground? No, definitely not. <laughs> and definitely not hugging. I'm not going there. <laughs> hugging children. Oh, You're right. a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, then never mind. No, um... <laughs> Do it like rock paper rock paper scissors. You know how like when you go up to someone mm-hmm. and, and like at a conference like this, and yeah. you sort of know them, and you do you hug them or do you shake their hand or do you mm. maybe just stand there awkwardly mm-hmm. and make a game around that and I have try to judges do all three at once. Well, but you are a veteran. You are amazing at this. I, but, I go in but, for the handshake. I hug and, and I'm awkward. No, but then you just stand there holding them awkwardly for so long in fact that's that's quite a good idea so if you're holding your android or your iphone device in while you do the hug and at some point you 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 know you Take hit rock paper yeah <laughs> no you hit the rock paper scissors button right to show uh-huh. what you're doing and if they do one thing as well one of the phones vibrates to show who won and it'll, you'll have a nice sensation in the small of your back which i think is all any of us are looking for from gdc <laughs> we didn't explain this earlier but the real premise of one hug left uh-huh. um, 
is to buzz your phone on somebody else. Yeah, mm. that's 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 Steve's whole. Why would you do that? Well, why, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> Let me ask it. Well, maybe because you're in a playground. <laughs> <laughs> then you definitely shouldn't do it. Just collect your children and go home, <laughs> and make sure they are your children, because that way. The, yeah. Listen, I, I think it's time to uh, shut down the show. I think we need to- <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Maybe for good, uh, but certainly for now. We will be doing another one in three hours' time, so we need time to refresh and to uh, edit bits out of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and yes. thank you, everybody else who isn't here <laughs> right now, for coming on the show too. Thank you guys for listening as well. Um, we'll be back four more times. Sorry about that. Um, I think it's going to go very well, Steve. It's been getting better and better. And Jen, you've been doing well as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Jen. You've been you've been uh, seven out of ten or so. We'll go for seven. <laughs> and we should yeah. also thank Kara, who's done wonderful, wonderful work Excellent in work. retrieving guests. But until later on, we have been one life left, and this has been one life left versus Gama Sutra brackets absent close brackets live from GDC. 